This podcast is brought to you by Erickson Immigration Group. Welcome to Immigration Nerds, a podcast that started first from an ambitious idea and within three years topped the charts in our category and became a weekly listen for the immigration industry keen to discover the latest happening in our intimate world. A journey as host and executive producer, I'm personally proud to have embarked upon and watch grow. Now, you might be saying this is a different intro from usual. Well, that is because after this episode, I will be passing on the torch of this flagship podcast that you have all come to enjoy and gain insight from over the years. And to help me reflect upon this journey, it will be only right to have one of the people responsible and daring enough to take a chance to make this entire operation happen. Erickson Immigration Group's partner and shareholder, Hiba Amber. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Ian. Well, we finally made it here. Where should we start? Well, I think we should start by, first of all, thanking you for turning this podcast into something that none of us could have fathomed it would become. Your, you know, hard work and dedication and creativity has really, really just been amazing. And I don't think that we can thank you enough for really building what you've built, for leaving us, you know, in a position where we are really excited about the next chapter. I mean, we're definitely sorry to see you go and we're very appreciative, but you've left behind a great product and a great foundation. That's amazing to hear. And I appreciate that. And I know I'm leaving this in great hands. Erickson Immigration Group was always a place that took in new ideas, wasn't afraid to try new ventures and and test out new operations. And for something like this, where we didn't have a media department, we didn't have (laughs) outlets, a digital outlet, and for us to come together and say, how can we be different? How can we set ourselves apart from the rest of the industry? Uh, We knew that digital was important. We knew that getting our voice, our expertise, our attorneys who are very knowledgeable and who are experts in the field to share that insight with the rest of the world. And um, that I thank you for giving this a chance. So now I know there might be some discrepancies of how this all came about, but I I would love to hear your version of this. So the the inside joke between me and Ian has been um, for the last several years, like whose idea it was <laughs> for this podcast. But here's the thing, Ian, my story is true and correct because I can literally remember the date, the time and the location oh for goodness. how this went down. I, 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 I promise you. So what a lot of folks don't know is Ian Gaines, prior to becoming the podcast's executive pro- producer, was actually an immigration paralegal and he used to sit right next to me. So it was February 2nd, 2018, sometime between four to 5 p.m. East Coast time. And I I had been thinking about the podcast idea for a few days. I had actually attended a conference in New York and came back with this idea, had put together a series of notes Um, with my ideas and and proposals. And I had sent them to our founding partner, Jerry Erickson. 
And, um, you know, there was some discussion about this podcast. The idea was received very well by leadership at the time. And I remember coming back to my desk and I was talking to my colleague, Justin Parsons, and we were having a conversation about this podcast that I had pitched to Jerry that, um, you know, he had basically okayed. And I still remember your head just kind of popped up from behind the cubicle and you were just like, podcast? And you were like, Hiba, you know, that's what I used to do, right? You know that I know how to do that, right? You know, I used to like know media and production and stuff like that. Like I could totally do the podcast for you. And I remember thinking, um, wow, what a coincidence, you know? And it was just like a no brainer. It was just like, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, because this was very, very new territory for us. The idea had come to me, but the truth is I didn't know anything about anything, not to mention I was a very, very busy attorney, you know? So like your head popping up from behind that cubicle and you raising your hand and saying, hey, by the way, I know how to do this was literally the best thing that could have possibly happened. Um, and I can say that, you know, my involvement was very much limited to, you know, the initial concept, you know, some of the, the art that went along with the podcast, the logo, the, the naming name, yeah. and yeah. And, you know, preliminary guests, but there is literally no one else who has left any kind of a stamp or a mark on this podcast other than you, you know, I mean, this is definitely your baby. Um, and you have, like I said earlier, made it into something that I would have never been able to fathom. You know, I'll go with your version. I'll go with your version. That's that's a good one. It's, it's on record. It's on record. That's that's how it happened. Um, yeah. So during that period, I was doing other media stuff, even like when we did like pictures. I know you were asking. Well, hold me, on. Time out. Time, time out. Hold on. Hold on. I don't think you should be asking me the questions. I think that I should be asking you the questions. Right. I mean, if this is really kind of like a fond farewell to Ian Gaines, mm -hmm. then I think that we need to pause mm -hmm. and just kind of like turn the tables. So here's what I want to know. All right. Um, being a uh, employment-based immigration paralegal, when you heard that the law firm you were working at was actually getting ready to start a podcast, I mean, what was the thought that went through your mind? Because that would have probably been like the last thing that you expected to hear as a paralegal at a law firm. Right. I mean, it was perfect uh, synergy because during that time I was already in the works of doing my own podcast and I was putting together like ideas and because I was very interested in the space and I was actually thinking about doing a sports podcast at the time um, and just getting the ideas on my own independent. So I was at a point where I was doing a lot of creative stuff as I was gonna mention, like when you would, asked me like, hey, there's a picture. Can you touch this up or, you know, do this? I'll have my Photoshop. I actually had the Photoshop downloaded on the <laughs> like the work computers. And like I was already heading into like the media end of things. And it, as I said, it was a perfect coming together of mutual benefit. And when I heard like podcasts, I was like, oh, I can definitely do that because I'm already heading in that direction. This is stuff, this is an area that I want to learn more and, and be a part mm -hmm. of. I'm on board. Well, so one thing that was, I think, very interesting that was definitely your doing was um, diversifying the topics that we addressed. 
So in the beginning, a lot of the episodes are very, very technical in terms of like the type of immigration law that we practice. And one of the things that you brought to the table of many things that you brought to the table was um, ideas about who we could talk to outside of just you know, um, the very kind of like technical day to day. And I think what that ended up doing was exposing us and making us appealing to just like a wider audience. So my question is, what gave you that idea? You know, like how, what was your thought process in identifying the value and the importance of diversifying the topic and the type of guests that we were, we were featuring on the podcast? Right. That's a good point. On a practical level, we stayed just solely on immigration policy and, and the technical aspects of that. That's a, that's a small bandwidth of people who are going to check in on, you know, H4 EADs, right? Or it's, 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 it's limited. But I was looking at other podcasts at the time, and many of them were sort of geared in that way. And I said, hey, where's the podcast that takes on the entire umbrella of immigration? the stories, migration, detention centers, right? What's actually happened? Let's get into the actual people's lives who are living uh, through this and put a spotlight on, on their lives. And then we expanded to even beyond what I would think, you know, when we was talking about the World Cup and the migration implications of that of people who are playing in the premier league but they're from egypt and how does that affect uh, immigration and then i remember we had a, a reporter from double xl magazine and they were doing the the immigration implications of one rapper his name is 21 savage and he was born in britain and his visa came up and because the entire time every thought everybody thought that he was from atlanta and it like it gets i was like oh actually he's from london and now his visa is coming up and we had a journalist talk about that so these are episodes that has a broader audience so that was the idea is like how can we broaden the audience everything and anything immigration and migration and we talked about the climate change effects and how does that affect migration if people are in an area where now before it got a bunch of rainfall but now is deserted and now where do they migrate to so migration is a part of a lot of people's lives and it's it's a it's a topic that is more than just business immigration so i wanted to sort of expand that so, you know, you mentioned the episode that um, was focused on 21 Savage, which I think was definitely a very uh, interesting and very, um, you know, clever episode because it really kind of merged two different worlds. Very rarely in the past, if ever, had there been discussion of like the immigration implications as they impact the hip hop community for the most part. I mean, like that's really a niche topic. Uh, you know, in that same kind of spirit, what were some of the other guests that, not even that you were really excited to talk to, but were there any guests that you invited that accepted and even you were just kind of like, okay, I, I cannot believe this person said yes to me? Yeah, I mean, number one is Ira Kurzban from, you know, uh -huh. Kurzban's Immigration Law Sourcebook. You know, for him 
to, you know, take the time out. It's very busy. And he has basically the immigration Bible <laughs> that, it is, that, that, is true. that all immigration attorneys use. And he was super easy, you know, reached out on email and he was just like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I know immigration. Like, and he just hopped on. And that's what I did with Justin. So that was one that took me uh, by surprise. Uh, John Basilisi from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And that actually bridged the gap. And I always looked at this platform as a relationship building platform as well, you know, for us to extend ourselves, not just, you know, within the immigration sphere, but outside and have, you know, partnerships and relationships with people who are outside of our industry. So I think that was very helpful just to get that awareness. Um, so those are two ones that was big of course like Dave Beer from Cato Institute Cato Institute and uh, yeah there's so many more we had a hundred well this will be the hundred and eightieth episode so if I'm missing out on people <laughs> please forgive me it's so many conversations week in and week out um, but the amount of exposure and the, the people we got to talk to from NPR, the U.S. military got to speak to an actual colonel. Like, wait, what? Like, how? how? Howard University, Harvard University, ACLU, you know, AAJC, Wasada University from Japan, speaking to a professor in Japan, you know, Brookings Institute. Uh, so... Yes, it's definitely opened up my horizon personally and, and hopefully, you know, help in whatever way to put EIG on the map in different areas that uh, wouldn't have been. So I'm very proud of that. Well, what else are you proud of in terms of just like the podcast's accomplishments in general? Because um, there are several, but I, I'd really like to hear which ones meant the most to you. Um, after the first year of doing it uh, we were ranked number one podcast on spotify so i remember getting number one immigration yes podcast. yes sorry not the number one <laughs> end all be all um no, yeah. number one immigration podcast on spotify and i remember seeing that and i'm like wait we're we're the first one that pops up we're like numero uno and i'm going to you going to justin and saying we need to get this out. People need to know. <laughs> like people who are listening to it and then folks at EIG, tell your family members, rate and review us. <laughs> we got to keep this going. So that was a pleasant surprise. And that took about a year. Um, and then also the Immigration Law Magazine, the Toolbox, in their monthly issue, they did something new where they ranked the immigration podcast. And that was what, last year? And that shows how big this area has expanded in terms of immigration podcasts. Because before there was maybe, you know, 20. Now there's like, you know, 60, 80, maybe 100 immigration podcasts. So it, it expanded. We got there early, but it expanded to a point where now they have immigration podcast rankings. And we were number one there. So that that's the second big accomplishment. And something that was actually very interesting to me personally, Wayne State University, one of their sociology classes, um, shout out to Lauren Rory, she's a professor there. She reached out to me on email and said, 
hey, I love your podcast. Just to let you know, I have it for our sociology class on our syllabus. It's uh, required listening. Uh, she had wow. about like three or four episodes that they were required to listen to. And I guess that was put on the test. So hopefully the kids aced it. Uh, but that was something. Wow, that's interesting. And you don't think about the people that it reaches and who it can touch. And as I was talking about the different countries of, you know, having India, Canada, Norway, the Congo, Brazil, you know, Japan uh, yes. listening in Brazil. Yes. Mexico. Yeah, it's Mexico. So it's those are all accomplishments uh, for me, and just and it, and it's humbling to think yeah. that uh, just listen my old voice <laughs> uh, and, that, and that it can get across the world. So that's a beautiful thing. I think it's also important to talk about like the timing of the podcast, and what I mean by timing is what were the events that were going on around the world or in the US at the time that the podcast was first launched and how it's evolved in like the last four or five years. So for example, we, in, we initially started the podcast during the Trump administration, which was just one of the most volatile periods for immigration as an industry um, that you know many of us can even recall to this day um, followed immediately by COVID. And so I'm, I'm very kind of curious to hear what your observations were about the, the subject matter and the content and the topics that we were, be, were being addressed as a result of the Trump administration and how that changed as we transitioned to a new administration, but then to a very, to a very, very kind of different challenge that was impacting immigration law in a different way. Um, the one thing about the Trump administration that helped us is it gave us a lot of content. <laughs> I can I can tell you that because each week was something new. And I, I know at a point we had a travel ban series like it was travel ban then travel ban 2.0 <laughs> travel ban revisited um, because it was different iterations and having um, you guys on and, and other experts break down to say, OK, why are countries being uh, restricted from coming to America, right? What is what is particular about these countries? And then why are they mostly, you know, Muslim countries? And then it was like mostly African countries and it didn't have any rhyme or reason. And during that time period, when I'm doing the research, it's like, okay, how do I structure this to be neutral and fair? But the policies that's coming down is clearly not neutral or fair. Right. So that was a particular balancing act that uh, I had to engage in and then dealing with public charge. And it's like, OK, we only accept the best and the brightest. Everybody else, you don't have any value. Right. So that, that was the type of atmosphere that we were working in. And then one of the most downloaded episodes was the DACA Supreme Court argument when they were thinking about reversing DACA. So me and Con Branch, we actually got to the Supreme Court around 7.30 a.m. We waited. It was out in the rain. And I had my little mobile recorder and just recording people that we met in line and got to see the hearing. Um, so that was it, that was a time where you're literally recording history as it's being made. 
And then, of course, we had the the very, very early stages of COVID where I had Natalie Ram. She's a biology professor at a Georgetown University. And that episode was about collecting DNA at the border. So this was February 13th, 2020. February 13th. So this is before like the lockdowns. What they started, the rollout was that, okay, um, for immigrants who are coming into the countries who are, who are migrating in, we should collect their DNA samples. And we we're like, wait, what? what's happening? It's like, oh, this new COVID thing. And that was in February. So when you have an ep episode requirement <laughs> for week to week, like you have to know what is the news happening right now? Let's talk about it. And we were, you know, the first ones on it, at least in the immigration aspect. Yeah. So what is your parting wish for the Immigration Nerds podcast, you know, as you pass the torch in your words? Parting wish? Um, think big. Dream big. Take it further. Make it grander. You know, I'm, I'm only one person and it was good to at least set a, a foundation of what it could be and you know, you, you have a reference point, make it your own and take that torch and take it to even further places. Because now with this foundation, we have a connection to so many players out in the immigration world and the podcast world and be able to use that uh, to elevate it to the the next venture. And, and I know you guys have a, a smart bunch, a creative bunch to find ways to take it to the next level. So I, I know you won't have any issues with that. So my, my parting wish is uh, to dream big. And what is what is the thing that you're going to miss the most about EIG? Hippa Amber. <laughs> the miss of most about EIG, obviously the team. The, the people. Yeah. Um, you guys have been so incredibly gracious with me. I know at times, even when we have episodes, it was a disagreement. I was like, man, we can let it in. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. But it's just like, hey, okay, we, we might be able to have certain portions, but <laughs> you got really personal on this aspect, Ian. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Uh, but even with that, we can have uh, civil debate and discussion and we always come together at the end and you can only do that when you have trust and you have respect for one another and I, I have both in, in spades for you particularly Hibba and, and Justin and the rest of the team Carly so you've guys made it easy for me so I appreciate that well Ian thank you so much for like I said what you've done for us for the podcast you turned this into something that we would have never dreamt it could be. And you have left a lasting imprint, not only on Erickson Immigration Group, but I think in the field of immigration law um, with the quality of the podcast that you put out. So we wish you the very, very best uh, in your next venture. You will always be part of the EIG family. Don't be a stranger. And thank you for everything you've done. Thank you. And I will still be listening in. And I'll send y'all notes. <laughs> and I can't wait to see the next chapter of Immigration Nerds. Thank you, everybody. Mm -hmm.